everyone. Welcome to A Mess Nonetheless. I am Rachel. And once again, Melissa is not with us today. She is recovering from some health episodes that she has had with her heart. And we have our friend Kristen with us, who did an episode with us recently on mental health and suicide. So Kristen, welcome back. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yes. So we are talking, if you listened to the last episode with Kristen, she shared how she they lost their son Isaac to um, suicide. And so today, we're going to be talking about walking through grief with someone, what to do and what not to do. I think most of us have heard, you know, with internet, the information is everywhere. I think most of us have heard that there are plenty of things that people should not say or do when they're, you know, they know someone who's lost a loved one. Um, But I think a lot of us don't know what we should do. (laughs) So Kristen has been really, really great um, at just walking through her grief the last few years on online and sharing with us what has been good, what has been helpful. And she's not an overly critical person, which I greatly appreciate because she could really just rip some of us to shreds. <laughs> but she's been a great source of information for me. Um, and I was like, you just got to come on. People got to hear this. It's good. So I think you should all take a listen because at some point you're going to either lose someone yourself, you know, or you're going to walk through grief with somebody close to you. Um, and I think we can all learn a lot from today. So Kristen, thank you. Can you take a few minutes, assuming that maybe people, not everyone has listened to the last episode and just share, um, what is, describe what your intimate relationship with grief has been and help those of us listening understand what it feels like to walk around after losing somebody you love so dearly. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we lost our oldest son, Isaac, to depression and suicide in December of 2019. And so um, it's been a few years. We're coming up on the fourth year anniversary. Um, But when Isaac died, I would describe it. And I think that, you know, probably anything that I share is is something that I have heard in um, a grief group, Mm -hmm. you know, that I've been in in the last few years. Um, So as I understand it, I would call it profound grief. Um, the The level of weight that I felt of grief, um, I, I don't even really, really know that I can fully describe it. Um, it was very hard at the very beginning to to do anything. It was hard to eat. It was hard to function. It was hard to think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I credit the fact that I had three other children that I needed to take care of, right, um, or allowing me to continue to 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 live myself. Um, it was, it was very hard in the, in the beginning. Um, I've read some statistics where they talk about if you lose a spouse, um, it can take, you know, a year, 18 months to, um, walk through some of the the deepest parts of grief, um, losing a spouse. And when you lose a child, it can take like three to four years. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you lose a child in a traumatic way, like, murder or suicide, something like that. It can take like five to eight years. Oh gosh. And so, um, just hearing that statistic, uh, gave me a little bit of, I don't know, freedom, grace to understand that this wasn't something that I needed to get over or get through, um, quickly. Right. And I think that, that sometimes, um, because grief can feel so uncomfortable for people, if you haven't to be around, it, you mean? Yes. yes. I mean, it's uncomfortable to be grieving, but it's uncomfortable to be around someone's to grief. Be around somebody. Right. Yes. And you, if you don't know what to say and you don't know how to handle it, especially if you haven't really gone through it, you know, maybe you haven't lost someone real close to you, so you don't know how to deal with it. It's easier just to stay away. And so 
you might just think, well, why aren't they over it yet? And, um, and so, mm. you know, can, I mean, can I we think, just pause is, yeah. It, do you have any belief that you will be over Isaac's death? Like at any point? I don't think so. No. no. I mean, I, I mean, I, I understand that this is something I will carry for the rest of my life. I, yeah. I, I like really don't understand that mentality because there's no way you can get over the loss of a child. You, your children are supposed to bury you in your old age, not yeah. the opposite in their young age. And I just want to say, if you're listening and you have any sort of, well, when will this person be over it? Now, I, honestly, I would even say the same as like if you have some a friend who's had a miscarriage, right? It's not the same, but like people don't have to get over their grief. They don't have – I mean, it's something that they're just going to carry with them for the rest of their life. And I yeah. think it's really important for our listeners to hear that, that we should never make people feel like they need to get over a loss right. of any kind. Right. Okay, sorry. Yep. That was just yeah, my little, absolutely. I'm like, wait, 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 can we just pause and talk about that? <laughs> no, absolutely. So, you know, for me, I think the first year was kind of, I would just say complete fog. Like the only reason I remember anything about that first year was because I wrote about it. Um, I just, right. for whatever yeah, reason, wrote for a lot. me, writing was um, very therapeutic. And so I would go on um, Facebook and just share like what was going on. And even today, like those memories pop up and it's like, oh, wow, you know, that's what I was feeling. And right. sometimes even today, it can bring me comfort to see mm -hmm. how I was feeling and struggling and walking through it. Um, I love that. Then. So, you know, well, I'm glad that I And it was super helpful that. as your friend, how much you shared because it helped it not be um, trying to think how to say this. It's like, it's like we didn't need to tiptoe around it because you right. were always talking about it and you were always right. including us in your thoughts and your feelings. So then it never felt awkward to be like thinking about Isaac, thinking about you today, like how you do it. It just felt so natural because it was right at the forefront of like when we would pop on your Facebook page, it's like, there it is. She's talking about it in the best way. And I don't mean like, oh, she's always talking right. about it. I mean, like it was so helpful, I think. Not that everybody who is going through a loss needs to, you know, if they're not going to, they don't have to share, but it was really helpful as a friend supporting you walking through it, you know, on the sidelines for those of us to just know what you were feeling. Right. Right. Okay. Sorry. I feel like I interrupted. I don't know what you were in the middle of saying. No, I'm no. I, no, I think that was, you know, that was probably all I was going to say in regards to that question. It's just, you know, sometimes I wonder how, like how I survived those days. Right early on because it was so heavy. Right. Um, I just, I believe now that that fog that you feel, um, that like not fully understanding like the gravity of the reality of the loss mm -hmm. is really like a grace of God. Like, sure. It, you know, you're kind of like looking through this, this clouded lens of what the rest of your life is going to look like. And at that point, I don't know that I could have dealt with the reality that I will never see him again in this lifetime. Right. Like I, I may live another, um, 45 years right. and not, and he, he won't be a part of that 45 years. Right. And, and that was too heavy for me mm -hmm. to deal with in, mm -hmm. in moments. And so only being able to kind of deal with what was going on in my day to day um, was just a grace. It was a grace yeah. of God. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, so my next question is what are the kinds of things that people should do or say when they're walking with someone with grief? Like what is helpful and like be real specific. I mean, you know, so that we, if you know, we can actually like take these things and apply them 
when needed. So, yeah, well, you know, very early on, like just just from like the first days, um, we were very blessed by our community, especially just by the nature that um, that Isaac died. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I have heard that there have been parents that have not received the support and encouragement like parents who have lost children in other ways. Oh, um, that's so which sad. Which is incredibly devastating. Right. Um, we were very, very fortunate. We have a, an amazing church community. We have a lot of family and friends that just really rallied around us. Yeah. Um, we had a neighbor who on like the day after I, I announced it on Facebook that he had died, she brought over a basket of like um, oranges and apples and fruit juice. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is like, I couldn't eat anything, but mm-hmm. I could drink a little bit of fruit juice and have an apple. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was such a simple thing, yeah. but it was so um, appreciated, you know, appreciated. Yeah. And we had another neighbor that brought us a meal immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, another neighbor that just came over and like, I, I literally fell, I don't even, didn't even really know her, but she came over and brought me a card and I literally fell into her arms and just sobbed mm-hmm. um, when she came to my door. Yeah. So, I mean, just just some of those things. We had um, friends that came to see us, um, that that like drove in to see us and they brought us supplies, um, like mm-hmm. um, paper plates and napkins and things yeah. like if you're going to have people coming into your home over the next, you know, days right. and weeks, what do you need to help? you know, with those families, right. people that would just come and sit with us in our home. Um, Melissa sometimes would send me texts and say, tell me a funny story about Isaac. Yeah. Um, I you love know, that. which was really, yeah, it was really sweet. And, um, you were really good about, about just like messaging me and saying, you know, um, I don't know what I can do for you, but I'm here for you. You know, just getting messages from people, even if they said, I, I don't know what to do. Right. Um, but I want you to know that I'm praying. Mm-hmm. I had a, a girl on Facebook who I, I was not super close with, um, but she said, I just want you to know that I have this image of all the people that are praying for you, um, that you, I, how she described it was essentially like you are reaching for, for the hem of, of Jesus robe, but wow. you can't get there. Mm-hmm. And so our prayers are pushing you up. Wow. And that's it beautiful. was just such an amazing visual mm-hmm. to know that like, I, I can't do it. Like I'm yeah. a heap on the ground, but like right. literally all these people that, you know, the hundreds of, and thousands of people that were praying for us yeah. at that time, mm-hmm. um, those, those prayers carried us through yeah. in those, in those early days. So don't um, stop praying and keep telling don't stop people praying. you're praying. I'm, I'm, I'm still yeah. praying. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm sure people say it at the beginning and they mean it, but like, I'm sure it means a lot to hear weeks and months later, I'm still praying. Like I'm still praying for your family because it's not over weeks and months later. And yeah. So I read this book. um, Well, I half read the book. I half read every book. I mean, if it's a novel, I'll finish it. (laughs) And um, it's called Just Show Up. And it was this, the woman who wrote it actually died and she wrote it while she was dying. And then they put it together for her after she died. And it was basically how her friends just showed up when she was dying of cancer. And it was like, you, no one can fix this. No one could fix what you were walking through. No one could fix her cancer. So like, we shouldn't say things that we think are going to fix it or try to fix it. You just show up and you sit with the person. Like we were talking about the last time you were on with us was sometimes you just have to sit in the muck with people and the practical things I hear you saying, like paper plates, that's so smart because nobody who's in the middle of grief wants to deal with cleaning their dishes. Like 
who who in your house isn't grieving every single person so like nobody wants right. to load the dishwasher or unload the dishwasher or wash pots it's like so just paper plates things that's so practical and yeah and like things like fruit it's like i'm sure you got a lot of like lasagna and you know wonderfully hearty meals but then maybe you just want something refreshing like fruit or juice and right. i would never have thought to bring something like that to somebody um yeah. yeah i i think okay so those are great so what kinds of things did people say i mean you said the one thing you said people praying and the one thing about her like visual what what other kinds of things did people say that were helpful to you and we'll talk about the things that people say that are not helpful but let's start with some things that are helpful to say when right i think i think just saying that like i i don't know um how to best support you but i'm here mm-hmm. um i would say like when can i come over and bring you a meal not what can I do? Let me know. Let me know what, what, what I can do, but when can I come over? Yeah. And then you, like, I almost have or to. Or could I bring yep. you a meal this day? Yes. yes. Yeah. Could I bring you this day? That's yeah. that sort of thing. I had somebody say, I would like to come and clean your house. What day would work? Tuesday or Wednesday? Right. It's like, oh, I don't want to say yes, but right. I need it. You know, like I right. needed help. And well, she and if, wanted a blessing. Right. Well, and if someone says, people do, you know, let us know if there's anything we can do. You're never going to say, can you come and clean my house? No. Like you're not no. going to say that. <laughs> it's right. Like, it's the very rare person who will. I I know that it's like very, very rare person who will say that. I actually did say it one time to a friend um, <laughs> when after I had three surgeries in a row and I had a catheter um, for weeks and that dang thing was spilling all the time. There was just, everything smelled like urine. My bathroom always smelled like urine and I was recovering from surgery and I had had tubes coming out of me for months and the last thing I could do was get on my hands and knees and clean but every time I went in that bathroom it smelled like pee and like I'm a very clean person my my bathrooms are always clean even my kids's because I make them clean I'm like two times a week and I did say to a friend one day I mean Joey was out of town for like four days and I was alone with my kids and I was just like could you just come and clean my bathroom (laughs) I knew she was someone I could ask but it took like everything in me to ask her to literally come and clean up my urine. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I'm not just asking you to clean the sink. I literally need you to come and clean up my urine. <laughs> and she did. And I, but that, I think that's the one time in my entire life I've actually said, could you do this? But you have to know the relationship. I mean, and even right. then I just hated it. I hated every minute of it, but I was like, I can't, I just can't do it. I didn't have the energy or ability to do it. And so all that to say is very, very, very few people are going to be like, can you come and clean up my bathroom? Like, can you come and do my laundry? And that's why it's so valuable to be like, I'm coming to fold your laundry. Just have it all in your baskets. And then you will see me six hours later, you know, coming out of that laundry room and just show up with your AirPods and watch a show or whatever, and just turn over the laundry. And, you know, these are really practical things, but not asking a person or not putting too much on their plate, essentially. Like, yes. I mean, even like pick a day, I can bring you a meal might actually almost be too much work versus like I could bring you meal this day or this day you pick. Yes. Yeah. Well, cause I, I recently just, um, said to a friend who had not lost someone, but she was going through a hard time. And I just said, <clears throat> I have three things I can do for you. You can choose one, two, or all three of them, <laughs> but you must choose one. <laughs> I was like, I will bring you a meal. I will grocery shop and just get basic snacks and bread and, you know, lunch meat and milk and stuff like that. Um, or I could grocery shop with an actual list if you want to give me one. Um, and I can take your kids and hang out with them. And I was like, you pick one, you pick two, you pick three. I don't care, but you must pick. And like putting that on someone, like, just tell me of these things, what, 
you know, and then not making too much work or like, you know, if someone's grieving, I guess I always think like if you want to send pizza or something instead of, you know, well, where do you like to order and how many do you think you need? And like, don't put any questions on someone, right? Just like, right. do you like meat or veggies? Meat. Okay, yeah. great. Send some meat or both. Right. Okay, great. You just send it or whatever. It's like putting the least amount of work. Isn't that essentially it? You're putting the least amount of work as possible on the person yeah. grieving because all they're doing all day long is feeling the heavy load of work, yeah. of grief. And, and I so didn't really like, know what I needed. Right. You know, yeah, that makes really sense. It was really hard for me to, to, to like understand. Like I could hardly get up and, and function for myself. Right. And I just didn't really know what I needed. And so for somebody to say like, well, what can I do for you? I want to do something to help right. you. Well, I, I'm like, I don't know, get my son back. Like, could you, could you do that? Well, right. I, you know, obviously they can't do that. And right. so I practically, it was hard for me to come up with things. That makes and sense. And so when people would show up and um, I had I had a relative that I was not you know, super close with in the last many years. Um, it's like my dad's niece. And so mm-hmm. she's, she's a you know, a few years older than me. Um, but they showed up for the funeral and then like once a week she started texting me, she would text me a song or she would just say, I'm thinking of you. I know you're missing Isaac. Just very brief, very little things. Yeah. She texted me at least once a month for an entire year. Yeah. And she still texts me, mm-hmm. um, you know, not as often, but it, it was significant um, for her to to do that for me, and for me, you know, not to have like this super close relationship. The people that I was really right. close to, I mean, they were there every day. Mm-hmm. But to have people that you weren't super close with mm-hmm. that continue to show up, um, right. that was really meaningful. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So if you feel called, if there's somebody mm-hmm. that in your life that has lost somebody or has gone through a really hard time, maybe a hard divorce or, or whatever it is, grief can come in a lot of forms. It's mm-hmm, not just true. you lost, lose a child, but maybe you've lost a job and you're going through an unemployment phase, or maybe you've mm-hmm. you know lost a a, a spouse through a divorce or something, um, like if you feel a calling to help somebody, and yeah. you, you know you're like, man, I just really would like to be there. Text them or yeah. send them a Marco Polo or, or whatever it is that you feel called to do. I'm, I promise you, like that does not return void. Like there is right. um, a mm-hmm. purpose to that. Yeah, and God can really use that to minister to to somebody in your yeah. life where they're like, I can't believe. We weren't even really that close of friends, but they showed up for me. And that is right. that means something. Right, for sure. Well, I know something I do, um, especially when it's someone like I don't know very well, right? Like I went to high school with them or something. I throw out a message and I start with, I know you're overwhelmed. Like, please don't feel any need to respond to this. Because when I'm in the middle of a crisis, and I don't even mean death, I just mean any sort of crisis, the last thing I want to do is respond to people. And I just want to open their message and move on, like take it and absorb it and move on. And so I just always say, and sometimes people respond and they're like, I think then they maybe have this permission to not respond, but then they do because they actually want to. And you can tell like, it's like, oh, it meant something and they wanted to say that. And then other times people just read it and move on. And I'm just glad that I've given them the opportunity to completely ignore me. (laughs) I need nothing from you. I just want you to know. I am praying for you. I am so sorry. This is awful. And I am, you know, will not stop praying. And um, I assume that that helps because I know that's something I need is I just need permission to not have to reply. And yeah. um, that's sure. my little one piece of advice. So what are some things that people should not say or do? I mean, we said don't put too much on people and don't, you know, what don't say, let me know if I can do anything, right? Like that's not helpful at all. 
Right. Um, I just, I think that like, don't assume that you understand or know how people are feeling. And Mm -hmm. um, so don't, don't try to rush somebody through their grief. Mm You know, I know that grief can feel uncomfortable if you're watching somebody go through it. It can be uncomfortable for you. Um, It used to feel uncomfortable for me. Like it was something that if somebody else was going through um, hard grief and I didn't get it and it made me feel uncomfortable, like I might want to choose not to get into the the ickiness of it. Um, And I've I've changed now because I Mm -hmm. have gone through something like this. Like I can sit in that uncomfortable silence with somebody and say, I don't have the answers and I don't know why this had to happen. And I'm Mm -hmm. just so sorry. And I'm here for you. Um, And so like, don't tell somebody that they should move on or Mm -hmm. they should just get over it. Or um, like I said, in the last episode, don't ever tell somebody that God has a plan. Um, I, God maybe does have an, a plan for losing a child or for a, a time of unemployment or, you know, a, a child that's going through a, a horrible situation or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is like, yes, God can use those circumstances. He can, he can use any circumstance for his right. good and his glory. If we allow him to, of course, but in the middle of the deepest, darkest moments of our lives, the last thing that we need to hear from others is that like, let the Holy spirit speak to that person and let him let the, you know, let God work through, you know, that with the person instead of you trying to say that. Well, and on top of it, like when you're grieving, you're angry, you're angry. And so for me, I think if you told me God has a plan, as much as I know in my rational mind, that's true. It would invoke anger. Like I'd be like, Oh, so God's plan was that I would lose my son. God's plan was that I would be miserable and heartbroken. Like, and even though, I mean, I watched you trust God faithfully and you still had those questions. Like, it doesn't mean you're yeah. not faithful when you're like, but seriously, God, what the, like, what were you thinking in doing this? And so to be told, oh, God has a plan. You're like, I mean, that would invoke anger in me. Right. <laughs> so it's like, instead of like doing something that's going to make somebody like question their own faith, let them sink into their faith and have the questions. And it's like faith can, ebb in, I mean- I don't know, you know, even when you read the Psalms, like David was like this. I mean, he was like in the valleys, God, this is so terrible. When is this going to, where are you? When is this going to end? And then he was like, but you're so amazing. You're so great. And honest to goodness, that's what I saw watching you walk through grief was like the highs of understanding God's faithfulness. And then like 40 minutes later, the lows of like, but how could you let this happen? And, and then right back, but I know you're good, you know? And it's like, you have to walk through those things. If you are in this immense grief and you don't ask God those real questions, you're just going to shove them down. And it's like, they have right. to be asked. I mean, and people shouldn't be told to just believe the best because they have to, right. I think they have to do the whole work of going the ebbs and flow, the ups and downs and the ebb and flow of grief. And don't you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's how yeah, I see absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the yeah. last thing I would say is like, um, don't, ig- don't ignore it or um, like, we had some people in our life that just completely didn't acknowledge the fact that Isaac died. And we were close enough to them um, at one time that we expected to hear from them after he died and we didn't hear anything from them. Right. And that was incredibly hurtful. Um, and yeah, so it doesn't make any I, sense. It, 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 it was incredibly painful to, to have that happen. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, and sometimes people get concerned about saying like, well, they don't want to bring up Isaac because they don't want to make me feel sad. Well, I love talking right. about him. He was a great kid mm-hmm. and it doesn't mm-hmm. make me sad if you bring him up, you know, like right. that comes on its, on its own. I, I don't know that there's ever been right. a time where somebody's brought him up to me and like, I've 
burst out into tears crying because right. they brought Isaac up right. to me. Um, usually it's right. like, well, you're always thinking about him. He's like a part of right. you. You're never not thinking He's about him. I'm sure. Exactly. So right, exactly. You're, you're dealing with yeah. a parent who has lost a child. Don't be afraid to say their name or don't be afraid to acknowledge mm-hmm. how hard it must be for them to not have them um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in right. the rest of their family. Like I know that Easter is really hard without, you know, Johnny here, whatever, whatever. Like, right. because mm-hmm. it is. Don't pretend like he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. He did, whether it was right. you know, two years or 23 years or, you know, longer. Right. That child was a part of that family. So don't pretend that it, that they weren't because it, because you right. feel like with it. Is- right. Yes. I thank you for sharing that. Well, and I know for me, you know, I actually didn't know Isaac at all. I, but I, I knew him through Facebook because we were friends. I mean, I guess I met him one time. 2005 or something like that. But I didn't know him, but I, you know, I felt like I knew him before he died just based on your, you know, sharing of him. And then now I feel like I know him even better from how much more you've shared about him. And so he pops in my mind regularly. I mean, I wouldn't say all the time, but he pops in, I would say once every other month or so. And it's like, he pops in, his face pops in my mind. Uh, usually he's smiling because there's so many photos of him just beaming with joy with his siblings and stuff like that. And and I know for me, like I, th- I should say, I think for a lot of people, they just, that happens and then they just move on. Well, what I have learned is say that. Say I was thinking of Isaac today. He popped in my mind or I was thinking of that picture or whatever. And sometimes I don't say it because I'm driving and I'm not thinking of texting or whatever and, you know, Siri sucks and stuff like that. But I know, I know I've learned it means a lot for people to be told, oh, I was thinking of your son today. And I, I want people, well, and I'm like, I just think of my kids who are living and your kids who are living and like, who doesn't want to be told? I was thinking about how amazing your child is. Like, tell me every day, like, please. (laughs) And so then how much worse when there are no more memories to be made to then feel like people don't acknowledge and so it, that they, you know, even were, were a person. And so to just be told, I was thinking of your person and, you know, wanted you to know, like, I think people shy away from that. Like you were saying, either they think, well, that's awkward or it's, it's been so long since they've heard from me or, you know, he died almost four years ago, but right. people should do that. They should absolutely, yeah. this is what I'm hearing from people about grief on repeat is keep saying their name, keep, saying the memories, keep asking questions, you know, keep talking about them because you're thinking about him all of the time. Your family is thinking about him all the time. And so what an honor for when we think about him to tell you, like, he's still, he's still on my mind. I still see his face and it makes me happy, you know, and Mm -hmm. in pictures or in my mind or whatever. And so, yeah. Were there anything specific besides God has a plan that people said that you were like, that's really, don't do that. Like very specifically. I've heard um, things like, don't say like, um, oh, he got his wings. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Theologically, we don't go to heaven and become angels. Like, right. or God or needed God him. Needed. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I remember you saying that. Go ahead, Kristen. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that's, that's it. Like saying that God needed him or, or, you know, he needed him more than he needed, like I needed him. It's like theologically, that's not the the truth, and yeah. So saying those kinds of things, yeah, is not helpful, right? Well, I remember you were like, so you're telling me the God of you didn't say this to me, but you were like kind of ranting about it. The God of the universe who has everything, and I think he needed my son. <laughs> it's like that doesn't even make sense. Like, 
doesn't need my son. He has all of us all of the time. Like, yeah. So I think that's really good. I think um, it's helpful. You know, we don't realize what we're saying can be hurtful when we're trying to help. So it's good to know what things we shouldn't say. And like you're saying, just is there anything anybody said that made you feel better? Probably not. Like just. Um, I think think just the people saying like, even sometimes when they'd say, you know, I don't know what to say, but I'm here and I love you. Right. You know, and I really tried to have a lot of grace for the most part for what, you know, understanding that most people didn't know what I was going through. And, you know, I would, I would listen to other, um, or, you know, watch other families who are walking through the same thing and listen to some of their experiences. Mm. And I just really, we were so blessed by our community, so blessed by our friends and our family. I mean, I know that there are people that don't have the experience that we do. And so I, I tried not to take it for granted um, how supported we were. Um, And I don't honestly know how somebody would walk through this kind of grief without a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Like I, 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 for a very short amount of time, I was a part of some sort of grief, grief group that wasn't Christian focused. And, um, there were people that were not getting out of bed after eight months, mm-hmm. um, of losing their son and, or daughter. Yeah. And I just, there's no hope. I, I, there was no hope. And, yeah. um, we didn't have that. We were devastated, but we had hope. And, yeah. um, that's only because of who God is. That's amazing. I, I, I literally can't. I cannot imagine just living with no hope for every day for the rest of my life and on top of it, grief. Like, and so I am so thankful. In fact, um, when you guys first lost um, Isaac, I had posted a picture with permission of like you, if some from the funeral, I don't remember. All I know is that I had shared a picture of you and Dominic just like clinging to each other at the funeral or the visit. I think it was the funeral, not the visitation, but and a friend or an online friend, or an online person said, oh, just keep praying for your friends. Like, you know, my friends lost their son and they were the same way, just clinging to their faith, clinging to each other. And they were divorced within a few years because it's like they couldn't, they just couldn't keep going. And I was very thankful that she shared that because and I prayed so, so much for your marriage because marriage is already hard and parenting right. is already hard. And then you add this and, and then you grieve different. Like I know you've shared a lot that you and Dominic grieve different and it can be easy to get yeah. mad at the other person that they're not grieving the same way as you. And and it's just, I think when you're grieving, you're just mad at everything. And so it's just, you know, it's easy to take it out on, you know, each other. And and so I think that's something I want to say too, is if you know someone who's lost specifically a child, like pray for their marriage like crazy because um, it's it's a real, it's a real thing that people get divorced a lot after losing a child. Right. And Right. And they stop clinging to their faith and they stop clinging to each other. And, um, and they just, yeah. So that hope is huge. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Um, our ministry that we're going to spotlight today is actually really perfect. It's called Starlight Ministries and it is a Christ centered ministry that provides hope, healing, and support to those grieving a death. Um, and they offer peer-to-peer grief groups, and they hold annual community events to support grieving parents and children, and they offer grief education and suicide prevention training. So they're on Instagram. I'm sure they're on Facebook, and their website is starlightmin, like M-I-N for ministry, .org, starlightmin.org, and we will share their information with you on our social medias as well. But I think that's a really great ministry, and it sounds like it's something that 
people anybody can get a part of. Um, and I know for you, being in grief groups has been huge, walking with other people, experiencing, you know, you had lots of friends and family support you, but you needed to be with people too who literally knew exactly what you were walking through. And because grief is very isolating and very lonely. And when none of us, I mean, sure, I lost my friend Cam to suicide at 19 and that was awful. It was, it was awful. It was its own amount of grief, but like, there's no way I could possibly know what you are feeling by having lost your son. Like there's just, they are apples and oranges. They are just not the same. And so I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are seeking Jesus, like you said, Yeah. but then on top of it, who understand what you're feeling. So Starlight Ministries is the one that we're highlighting this week. So thank you so much, Kristen, for sharing. I really appreciate it. I know I'm learning stuff from you all of the time. I think I have learned so much from you in the last four years. And I really appreciate how vocal you are. And you are gracious. You are so gracious. (laughs) Like You really, really could have probably torn, like I said, torn some of us a new one, but you just were always so gracious and expecting I think you just um, believe in people's intentions. So even if it's hurtful, you're like, I know they didn't mean that. And you're a better woman than I am. (laughs) I don't know that I would be like that. I think I'd be pretty bitter. But but no, I appreciate it. I appreciate your um, educating all of us. So thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Take care, you guys. Have a great week. You might feel that your life is a mess, but don't feel bad. Ours is too, but we own a microphone and we have no shame. That's why we'll talk about how our life is a mess nonetheless. That's the name of our podcast.